This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Oh, man, I feel like, wow. It's like I come over. It's like I don't know what to expect. I got to be honest. I come in. It's like a little like I'm trying to get my bearings. There's cartoons, your mom, and it's like you still got it. Just living the dream. I love that. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're talking about extreme frugality. How far would you go to make sure your financial dreams come true? Would you be an announcer guy on a basement podcast? (laughs) I didn't think so, but... To answer that question more fully, today we welcome to the show from the Fire Drill podcast, Gwen Mertz, and from the Fi Guy blog, Mr. Fi, Taylor, and from this here podcast, OG. Also in our Friday FinTech segment, we'll introduce you to a company helping you pay down your debt faster. From Tally, we'll talk to Jason Brown. Of course, we'll also share my amazing trivia, answer a listener call for help, and more. And now, the guy who engineers this circus, Joe Saul Sihai. Do you engineer a circus? I didn't know the circus had an engineer, but I'll take that. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe Saul Sihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Welcome to Friday. More like uh, Fry-Yay, as we'll meet our panel, our first Fry-Yay participant, all the way in, uh, where the hell is she now? Are you in Minnesota? I think Gwen Mertz is here from the Fire Drill Podcast. The land of cold and snow, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, but but don't you have to say Minnesota? Minnesota. I used to. The O. Our home office for the company that I worked with was in Minneapolis, and it was always fun calling those people. Uh, So dare. How you doing? Good. Okay. All right. Do betcha. I felt like I was calling Fargo, I, you know, like Fargo the movie. That's your uh, buddy in the wood chipper then, eh? Yeah, except because it was a financial company, it was more like, hey, that, isn't that your buddy in the whole life insurance policy? And also, and by the way, the voice across the table from me who I forgot to introduce, because, you know, that's what we do on the show is my buddy and co-host OG. Oh, am I supposed to say something? I didn't know oh. if it was Okay. Thanks for playing. Glad you're here, man. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Welcome to Friday. As always. Yes, absolutely. It's Friday. Yep. Hugh Jackman did engineer circus, by the way. I saw the whole thing. Hugh Jackman did. Yes. Today's Hugh Jackman's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Hugh Jackman. Obviously. Yes. Cha. Are you guys sure that you're not talking about Michael from Uncommon Dreams? I don't know. He looks an awful lot like Hugh Jackman. And the reference is gone. I don't even know who that is. Who is that? That's over my head and under my Christmas tree. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kind of present. We ask you to be in the present, not not with presents. Oh, ambiguity. Uh, ambiguity. Okay. Thank goodness Gwen is here. But guess who else is here, OG? From the FI Guy blog. It's our good friend, Taylor. How are you, man? Good to be here. Welcome back. Canyon State. Welcome back. Thanks. It's about time you got here to save the show from these two. I know. Yeah. It's about time. Save us. It's You're a- our only hope, Taylor. <laughs> so, see what I can do. So, Taylor, tell everybody that missed your first appearance on the show about the blog. Yeah. So, I write about my journey to financial independence, just lots of fun things that I experienced along the way. So, go check out Mr. Fi Guy. And you, by the way, we're going to talk about extreme frugality. You're married to somebody who's not quite as extreme as we're going to talk about, but somebody who's been uh, kind of extreme about her journey. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. So yeah, it's been fun. Good times. And Gwen, by the way, people that don't know about the Fire Drill podcast, tell them what goodness they're missing. Well, they're missing all of the goodness, obviously. We talk about entrepreneurship and have cool people on there doing cool things like living in vans, sailing around the world, and starting really cool businesses, and some dumpster diving. Living in vans down by the river? Sometimes. Sometimes they're by the mountains, and sometimes they're by big cities. Yeah. The good thing about vans is that they can move anywhere in the world. How close is Minnesota to Detroit? Is that That's like right next door, isn't it? I mean, it's a quick plane drive. Uh, quick plane sorry, drive? Cha. Just jump in the plane and drive it down the interstate. That, that's what we do. Have beep, you ever, beep. Look out, everybody. Here s- I come. Seriously, have you ever had those times you're taxing, especially at DFW, where you feel like you might as well be driving to Detroit from Dallas? It's a quick plane ride from Minneapolis to Detroit, but it's about a 10-hour drive. So I won't be there. I'm sorry. And Taylor, you're in Arizona, right? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, that's see? pretty close. That's commitment, Gwen. That is because somebody's, some of us are committed. Some aren't. We're oh, headed to. Oh, but wait, did Taylor wear the Stacking Benjamins tour t-shirt to Disney? Did he? Of, I didn't think so. I'm sure all those, all those Disney people were like, oh, the Stacking Benjamins tour is coming to Detroit. We should totally go. Thank you, Gwen, for wearing the shirt and promoting the show. I heard they're going to shut down Disney next week for all their employees to come up to Detroit to go to it. Yeah. It could be a rumor. We don't know. But stackybenjamins.com forward, <laughs> forward slash tour for those of you in the Detroit area or close enough like Minneapolis or Arizona, you know, people that are fairly close to Detroit to head out. Tickets are only 10 bucks. We're playing in fabulous Ferndale, Michigan, just north of Detroit at the Go Comedy Improv Theater. Tickets still on sale. Amazingly, tickets are still on sale now. So get yours. Thanks to Kansas City, by the way, this last week. We had a lot of fun. All right. Speaking of fun, we got some fun headlines right now. We're going to talk about extreme frugality. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our first headline comes to us from Rockstar Finance. Eight extremely frugal living ideas you probably haven't considered. This is written by Melissa Blevins. I thought, Taylor, this was perfect for you because I think you've considered quite a few extreme frugality ideas. I have most definitely considered some extreme frugality items, but even some of the things on this list left me a little shocked. Yeah. Why don't we take these one by one? 
And in fact, let's read what uh, Miss Blevins writes. Extreme frugal living isn't about cutting cable from your life or turning up the thermostat to 80 in the summer. Those are pretty easy ways to be more frugal. I bet, Taylor, you already do both of those. Don't have cable. There yep. it is. And in Minnesota, you can turn, well, does it even reach 80 in Minnesota? Um, not only does it reach 80, we went from 16 inches of snow to over 100 degrees in less than six weeks. That's a rumor. Fake news. <laughs> Pretty Fake much news. the worst of both options there. <laughs> Fake welcome, news. welcome to Minnesota. The worst of all weather. Is, 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 <laughs> the worst is, of everything. Is that what they post? The as bumper you, sticker? Yeah, as you're coming into the state. Land of 10,000 lakes and also the world's crappiest weather. I say that I like living in Minnesota despite the weather. I've been in, and in fairness to Minnesotans, is that what you call yourself, Minnesotans? Minnesotans, yeah. Yeah. It's Minnesotians. Minnesotians. <laughs> Listening, I've been there twice and love the weather. I, both times. Yes. yes. Summertime is great. So, so yeah, thanks for Yeah, summertime great. But if you're there anytime from Not like- Not January. But yeah, today, January is not great. Today, Melissa says she's talking about the extreme things the cheapest of the cheap do to save more money. I'm not a huge fan of deprivation, the point of not being able to enjoy life, but there are some benefits to frugality that many overlook. Too many people cut their lifestyle to the bare minimum while paying off debt. I want to give you something to consider before we dive in. When you start a workout program and meal plan that's super strict and deprive yourself of something you've had access to for a long time, there's a huge possibility of relapse. Personal financial success, much like fitness, is a lifestyle decision. If you're super frugal for a short time just to pay off debt, you might find yourself rewarding your good behavior after the debt is paid off. Let's go over some of these options. Number one, flush the toilet once a day. Uh, Taylor, we'll start with you. How often do you flush the toilet there at the uh, <laughs> FI guy household? In, in the FI household, we flush the toilet after every use. After every use. Do you think that's overkill? For me personally, no, I don't think that's overkill. And this is coming from someone that loves to save a dollar whenever I can. But let's be honest, how much are you really going to save by flushing once a day? 50 cents, a dollar max on the month? Gwen, I had a natural science teacher in high school who advocated exactly this. She did it for like environmental reasons. You didn't need to use all that water. And immediately we thought she was gross as all get out. Yeah, my first reaction to reading that was, okay, wow, that's disgusting. But also my aunt practiced something similar to this. They live out in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and they have a septic tank. So their practice was, if it's yellow, let it mellow. And if it's brown, flush it down. There it is. Oh, geez, yes. nodding. Which yeah. I feel like is a good middle ground between just letting crap sit out all day and flushing after every use. Is that where you're at at the OG household? Well, I have two preteen boys who completely forget, apparently, to do this. It's not a habit that they do it. It's more like, hey, surprise, guess what? I I was on Fortnite, and sorry, dude, I skipped a step. <laughs> and that's usually... What Boys are gross. You know what I finally had to do with my son? I had to finally, he was out playing Xbox one day, and I was just sick of it. So I walked over, and I went, hey, man, high five. That was awesome. He's like, what, Dad? I'm like, no, seriously, it was awesome. Dude, that was amazing. He's yeah. like, he's like, what Quite was a, awesome? I'm like, well, design. well, you keep leaving your stuff in the toilet without flushing it, so I thought you're waiting for me to high-five you. Like, you're just so proud of it yeah. that you don't want to yeah. let it go. Put it on display. Yeah, you know what was awesome after that? He flushed every time. Okay. <laughs> That's all it takes. Just uh, This is pretty disgusting. You should... Uh, well, let's we go, go ahead and use, use the restroom two, appropriately. Joe. Well, our friend, 
our, 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 our friend, our friend Amanda is uh, Miss Dumpster Doggy Blog, right? And she might think this is great, but eat expired food. What do you think uh, going about eating expired food? Okay, this one I'm I'm okay with to a point because they do make the. Well, are we talking about the expiration dates? Or are we talking about the eat by dates? Because they are different. So if it, you're talking about like past the eat by date on the carton of cottage cheese or whatever, that's cool. But like if it's starting to go sour and things that aren't supposed to look like cottage cheese look like cottage cheese, I'm out. That nope, can't do it. But Taylor, what about if you're not sure? Do you just eat it and find out or? So I had a really bad experience happen to me a while ago that I used to drink right from the carton of milk. There's nothing that will traumatize you more than drinking rotten milk. So no, I don't play these games anymore. I don't ever want that to happen to me again. So as soon as it's past that date, milk is $2. I'll go get a new gallon of milk. It's okay. I'll move on. Oh, come on. Where are you buying milk for $2? My goodness. Um, (laughs) Uh, Joe, what what is your feelings on uh, coleslaw past its prime? Easy. Is that a good meal? Yeah, that's the story that will never die. And speaking of never die, Just, I almost uh, died. I felt like I was going to yeah. die. You you really wanted to. You're like, I think I've got food poisoning, but I also drank a gallon of beer yesterday. So I'm not <laughs> sure where to pin this at. I knew. Uh, I am with. Uh, I'm with everybody here. We are throwing food away. Probably even the day before it expires, just to be safe. I'm not going to have expired cheese or milk or things that are not supposed to be cottage cheese, cottage cheese. You know, normal stuff like chips and popcorn. You know, if that gets old, that just tastes bad. But uh, It's not going to make you feel bad, right? Have you ever, have you ever taken a, now, now, I have done this twice in my lifetime where after Halloween, one time when I was a kid, I got the full-size Three Musketeers. I was not going to eat that thing for a while. And so I saved it in my, in my desk drawer and I opened it up some time later and I took a big juicy bite of it and the chocolate filling was green, which I didn't think they made green chocolate filling. Life pro tip. Here. If you want to save chocolate flowers for later, stick them in the freezer, not but the I, desk drawer. My mom would have eaten it. And then another time I was driving down, the, I used to stop at a gas station when I was dating my now wife on the way to her house, like I'd fill up my gas tank and I'd drive to her house. And I'd always get a two pack of those hostess cupcakes. It was dark and I'm driving down the road and I take a big bite and I'm like, I'm like, I should kind of like furry or something. And I flipped the interior light onto the car. No. And it was green and moldy. All oh, no. and it was so bad. So, oh, well, there was the hey, one time. Don't oh. buy any food at the gas station, they will kill you. How about there was the one time that yeah. uh, I had a cold and I was eating a loaf of a cinnamon raisin bread. I couldn't taste anything. So when my cold cleared up a couple of days later, when I was halfway through the loaf, I realized that the raisins had started to ferment, which always explained why I felt a little funny when I went to school after eating that for breakfast. But, <laughs> yeah, fermented raisins. Isn't that like you're, you're drinking wine? You're eating wine. Pretty much. Yeah. Nice. I had the thing where I'm at a party. And I go to pick up my beer, and it's my buddy's uh, spit cup. And, oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I saw that happen at a college brew party. That was spectacular to watch and not so spectacular to experience, I'm sure, from his part. I have never, ever hurled so quickly. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, that's really not in the food, spoiled food category, though. That's just, that's just don't in the, drink, chew, spit. Yes. That should be its own column. Right. Not even to save money. 
<laughs> just don't do it. Life hack. <laughs> it's a life hack, Joe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if that made this article? <laughs> Reuse your chew spit. <laughs> <laughs> your, your buddy, your buddy spitting it out, but that's still good. Uh, that's yeah. still good. <laughs> Is it moldy? Nope. All right. <laughs> there it is. You can get nearly the same buzz. Uh, <laughs> it's got some nicotine in it. Right. Right. And there goes both listeners on that one. Uh, number three, speaking of gross, shower less often. It says uh, filling the tub is a no-no when you're practicing extreme frugal living. You've got to take showers only and limit them to once every few days at most. Been to the gym? That time of the month, no problem. Take a sponge bath. Y'all, I'm cringing as I'm writing this, but there are people who practice this method of frugality. Taylor, you know anybody who practices that method of frugality? I don't think they do it from a standpoint of saving money, but I do think that there are people that should shower a little bit more frequently. However, a good way around this, I did just get a new gym membership, and so I just shower at the gym. So I still get my shower in, there it but is. I save a little bit of money. There we go. And you actually go to the gym, which makes it actually worth the money instead of uh, OG who has gym membership after gym membership and still can't be like bothered. 17 of them. Yeah. You can't cancel them. They're impossible to cancel. They just, when you cancel one, like three of them pop up. They're What's all, Orange Theory and why do I have 10 memberships at it? They're almost as bad as, as Movie Pass. I just got a note from MoviePass today as we talked that said, hey, you know that thing where we said, if you don't opt back in, you're out of MoviePass? And I went, yeah. As I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, because I wanted out of MoviePass. So I didn't opt in. And they said, well, guess what? We've changed the game. And here, this is what you originally on. So in le- get this. Unless you opt out, we're automatically putting you back in. Love negative consent. That's like great. what kind of... Did yeah. you see their stock was up 172% today? Was it like oh, wow. eight cents now? No, 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 still at three, but it was at two yesterday. So, bam, sold. Movie Pass is still a thing. I think that's apparently because they, they just raised another $80 million of VC money. Shut up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's terrible. Um, okay, so Joe, I just want to say that there's a line between frugal and cheap, and not showering until you're like truly disgusting is way past that line on the cheap side. That's that's gross. People should sh- you please, could just people get shower. a buzz cut like Joe, and then you don't have to uh, get any shampoo ever again. I mean, now there's a frugal hack. Just chop off all your hair so your shampoo so consumption that's goes jo- way down. That's what Joe's doing. I chopped nine inches off my hair, and my shampoo consumption went way down. It's well, fabulous. Yeah, the cool thing is, is nature helped me with that one. Like, like yeah. nature said, Hey Joe, why don't you be more frugal? We'll, we'll, uh, get rid of all that hair. We'll help. Yes. Yeah. So thank you nature for taking care of that. You know, I thought, uh, there's some showering, uh, less often frugality going on so people can afford some of the board game conventions I've gone to just saying, <laughs> just saying there's, there's a few of them there. Most people, fantastic. A few people. Yeah. Not so much. Number four, living in an RV. This one, we, we know people that have done this. Michelle Schroeder-Gardner, who is on our show in, uh, in uh, Orlando. She's somebody that lives in an RV. Uh, Gwen, you ever think about living in an RV? Yeah, I've thought about it, but I have a 13-pound cat, and he likes to have room to run around, and he gets a little antsy if, if he doesn't. So I'm going to say that's a no for me, but I was like, oh, that's not weird at all. I totally know people who do that. 
you can't live in an RV because of your, you're blaming on your cat. Like you're throwing your cat under the RV, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not under the bus. Right. Just throwing him under the RV. Uh, I would throw him under the RV if I had to live in a bus with him, because that is just too little space for that big of a cat. Taylor, I know you and your spouse have must've talked about all the conversations you guys have had. You must've talked about maybe living in an RV. I don't know if it's been an RV specifically, but I've definitely considered some form of whether it be an RV, a tiny house, or just getting like a manufactured home is the new terminology that sounds a lot better than trailer. I've definitely considered any number of those. So I could just sell whatever we have equity in my house and never have another house payment. But then I like space. So throwing that one out the window. Some of these uh, trailer parks now, to use that word, are awesome. Like you see some of these upscale trailer parks they're building now, which are totally going against the grain of the old ones. That's a whole new world. OG, there's no way you're living in an RV with the OG family. Never in a million years. Never, 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 never. But we are going to take an RV trip for about a month next year. So that's about as frugal as I'm going to get with an RV. I'll probably buy a brand new RV so that I don't have to use other people's germs and stuff and then turn around and sell it at a big, steep loss. So you're going to make other people use your germs after you sell your RV, but you don't want to use well, other people's germs, right? I don't, care what, I don't care what they do with it after I give it back to them. Okay, that's fair. There is a middle ground here, which is... Which is rent an RV. I know. Yeah, I should rent one. No, there's a middle ground, which is just downsize your house, right? Downsize your possessions. I think that's something. I mean, we're doing that moving back to Detroit, downsizing quite a bit. And naturally, then you get rid of a lot of your stuff. You guys thought about just downsizing your life, Gwen? So you went from 100 bottles of wine to like 90, right? Right, exactly. I had to downsize a lot when I moved into my studio apartment from a two-bedroom apartment. So I got rid of a ton of stuff and I still have more to go, according to my boyfriend. No, no, it's fine. I'm not, fine. Not being at all passive aggressive on I'm a podcast. Fine. <laughs> yeah, fine. No, it's going great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's cool. Taylor, you guys ever think about uh, downsizing? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great idea because if you have space, you're going to find a way to fill it. Even though it's just my wife and I, we're in an almost 2,100 square foot house we found a way to do it, but we've luckily been able to do that on the cheap. So we haven't spent a lot of money on furniture. I guess the hard thing for me is it seems like it's, there's like no middle ground. I, I realize that there are houses that are 1500 square feet, but it's almost like when people want to downsize, they feel like I want to go from my current house to a tiny house or nothing in between. So I would love to have some option for a smaller house than I have right now, maybe a thousand to 1500 square feet that is with all of the clever nooks and crannies for storage, but more storage than a tiny house. Yeah. So I would love to find some option like that. As we speak, I have an offer in on a 1200 square foot house, particularly for that reason. You're uh, moving out of mom's basement? Moving out of, no, no, that's my house, not mom's house. Oh, that's fair. Yes. Yes. Mom lives in a palatial place and we work in the basement. So whole different, whole different thing. I can't live and work in the basement. But does it look like Disney Fantasyland in the basement? I know. Did you see that? Some it. guy, some guy in our Facebook group. Uh, well, not the guy in our Facebook group. We showed this in our <laughs> yeah. Facebook group. I wish the guy was in our Facebook group. Designed his basement to look like Fantasyland. Did you see that, OG? No, no, I haven't seen it. Wouldn't that be great? What's not, Facebook? You're not going to do it. It's no idea. It's it's a fad. It's going away. 
Next is sell everything but the kids. I think we can all get behind selling. What about sell the kids? Selling your stuff. Uh, they don't get that now, much. Now, there's a side hustle that nobody talks about. You know, obviously a little tongue-in-cheek there about selling the kids. Don't actually do that. But you don't have to give your kids everything they want or ask for. And you don't have to pay for 100% of their college costs. And you don't have to pay for you know, 17 sports every year plus dance recitals and this, that, and they don't need a new car. My, my 11 year old asked me the other day. So when I turn 16, do I just go pick out a car or something? How's that work? And I'm like, what? (laughs) No, like he's like, well, dad, I don't want to have like the crappiest car in the school. I'm like, now actually I want you to have the crappiest car because you are so vain to think of it at 11, you know, but there's a, probably a significant budget item there in terms of, being more uh, intentional about your spending w- when it comes to your children. Taylor, I find that uh, that on this topic of selling everything, I find that, I don't know, more clutter equals more clutter in my brain. And the cleaner my house is, the less stuff I have now that I'm sitting here in the, in the three-room <laughs> apartment over Uncle Jack's garage. Like, I have less stuff, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is actually very timely because about an hour ago, I sold something. So someone came by our house, bought an old Halloween costume my wife had made. She's trying to decide what we're going to be this year. She's very crafty. She made her costume last year. She decided she's never going to wear that again, listed it on Craigslist or wherever she listed it and sold it for 20 bucks. So not a lot of money, but it was great to get a little bit of money in and get that old costume that we're never going to use out of our lives. So I think selling everything is obviously an overstatement, but There are things in your home that you can sell that is going to make your life better to not have it in there. Number six is is grow your own. Have a garden, Gwen. I like this one. I like it too. I am 100% behind this. Although I will say that the one time that I tried to have a garden, it didn't really work out so well. My fridge grew more than my garden did. Your fridge grew more? What does that mean? It means that I left food for way too long in the fridge and it started to mold. And my garden was hampered by a herd of deer that lived in my backyard. No, go back to number two on this list. You still eat it. It doesn't matter if it's moldy. Just cut that off and still eat it. No, no. My Uh, roommate and I were not the best at cleaning out the fridge in a timely manner. So I think it was probably about July when we cleared out Velveeta cheese dip that we had made for the Super Bowl. (laughs) The Super Bowl in 2014? Well, fortunately, it was still that year, but it was still quite a few months later. Taylor, you guys have a garden? We don't have a garden, but I've got a good life hack for you. So my wife really likes basil. We don't have a great backyard to grow stuff. We just don't have a ton of space. We have a pool in our backyard. We live in Arizona. We've got to have one or else we die. And that eats up most of the backyard. But my wife loves this basil. So, you know, those like potted basil plants you get at the store. Oh, yeah. We just got a grow light. And we just keep that in our kitchen and turn on the grow light. Basil. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> air quotes. Basil. Uh-huh. My wife, my wife sure. really likes this basil. Dude. Sorry, another, another side story. We got our house refinanced for free. Good thing. So we got our rate lowered and they came around to take pictures so he took pictures of all of our rooms and we had our grow light on, on our basil. And he sent us the pictures after the fact. And it 100% looked like we were growing marijuana <laughs> in the corner of our house. So hopefully he didn't report us to the authorities. No one's come by. So I think we're good. It'd but, be awesome for our ratings if they showed up like right now. 
Like that would be <laughs> fantastic. Hey, OG, oh, wait, 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 wait. OG, are you okay. calling the cops on Taylor just so we can get it? What? No. Isn't there a finder's fee or something? Yeah. So moral of the story, with a grow light and a $3 basil plant, we've gotten basil for two to three, four months that'll just continue to grow as long as you're good at watering it. And then once it does die, we'll just go and buy a new one. But it's great. So then we don't have to buy more basil leaves every time we want to make a recipe with fresh basil. No, that's great. Actually, the apartment we live in now, the guy that owns the house, he has all kinds of fresh herbs. And Cheryl goes out and and gets them. And when we actually have a house again, said the same thing. Just just a little herb garden is is awesome. Uh, it's pronounced herb. Herb, herb garden. Well, no, herb's the guy that takes care of the herb garden. Number seven, become a water-only household. I would imagine, OG, you guys do this. Yeah, we're really close to that. I mean, beer and wine both have water in it, and so does whiskey. So I feel really comfortable with that. But yeah, we don't we don't do bottled water at our house. My kids take water, you know, to school every day. On occasion, we'll have like Gatorade or something like that, but more like the powdered. Uh, you know, the powdered stuff. Remember, you used to get that, you know, take a scoop and you could like shake it up and make your own Gatorade or whatever. We'll do that from time to time. But uh, but we're not big Coke drinkers or stuff like that in our family. What's funny is I'm a water person at home, but then I go out to a restaurant and I don't know what happens to me. I always order some drink like, oh, let's make sure I make like, the bill. Oh, yes, I will have the Perrier, please. Yeah, let's make sure I make the bill higher. I would imagine, Taylor... Based on the conversation we had last time you were on, you guys are will have water people at restaurants. Yeah, we're definitely water people at restaurants. If I ever got a, a drink, maybe on my birthday, I can swing getting a drink without my wife giving me the death stare, but that's about it. Is that why you don't do it as a death stare or has it become a habit? Or are you used to it now? I'm used to it now, but for some reason, I think I'm with you just when you're at a restaurant, I don't know if they add extra syrup to the sodas that just make them extra good or it goes really well with the meal. But sometimes I just crave that, even though it's definitely not the cost effective thing. But now I've kind of been reprogrammed into getting the <laughs> been, water. Been reprogrammed by a spouse. 100%. That's, that's, that's so great conditioning. It's like we're talking about you're training your dog or something. We're training Taylor how to be water only. You've backed it down, Gwen, to like what? Three beers at dinners when you go out. Yeah, yeah, I've really been trying to cut back lately. Apparently, it's not healthy for you to drink all the time. Who knew? So, um, yeah, water only for me. Hashtag spoiler. I I am definitely a water person at restaurants just because I don't drink a whole lot of soda. I also don't do caffeinated drinks at all. I'm already at such a high operating state that caffeine just makes me go off into the stratosphere and become really annoying to everybody I'm around. So I prefer to avoid that. And uh, water is good. Yeah, water's great. Gwen and caffeine don't mix. That's so funny. They really don't. Chocolate-covered espresso beans are my kryptonite. Last one is uh, raise farm animals. I think that takes room. I can see people doing that, but I think you have to have enough room. I couldn't imagine, Taylor, you raising farm animals at your house. No, but my family actually has a ranch and we raise chickens. That's a few hours away from me, but I actually don't think this is a very cost-effective thing to do. You typically are doing this because you want quality ingredients that you're, you know where it's sourced from. But I don't think that my family saves any money doing this. They actually don't typically even butcher their own cows. They'll typically go to the store to do that. But maybe that's because they can sell them for a lot more and they'd rather sell them than yeah. butcher their own. But yeah, I think that's more of a for your health type of thing that you'd pursue raising your own animals. 
It's interesting. So like, I'm cool with the process of raising my own animals, but when it comes to like the whole like killing them part, that's where I have a problem. Like, here's the cow that we raised from by hand from being a cute little calf, and now we're just gonna kill it and eat it. Like, uh, this has been so this has been my buddy. Delicious. It's been my buddy, and now it's uh, tomorrow's meal. Yeah, like I mean, I knew a family that raised two turkeys every year, and one was called Christmas, and one was called Thanksgiving, and that was their names every year. But um, I just, I don't think I can do that. That was the turkeys' names. They literally named them Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's so awesome. I think that going the chicken route is the best route because they're actually kind of like pets, and it's good because then, in terms of like being more sustainable, you don't throw away food; you can just give it to your chickens and. The chickens love my dad. Whenever my dad goes outside, he yells, hey, girls, because they're all girls. And they all run over to him. He dumps the leftovers out and they just eat it. And so not as much stuff goes to waste. And we get nice farm fresh eggs that are much more healthy, I'm sure, than from the farm. And you don't have to butcher any of them. It only gets awkward after you guys go to KFC. <laughs> no, it's we, we well. Yeah, probably not a good thing because those are not separate. They're the same thing, but you separate (laughs) them in your mind. Right. We will link to this in our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com if you want to see all this extreme frugality. Our second headline today, we're not going to participate in. Actually, we have a very special segment for you. We call this Deep Thoughts with Doug. for another deep thought from Doug. Just try to imagine yourself explaining cheese on a hamburger to a cow. It's always the eight seconds of music after that gets me on his production. How would you explain cheese to a cow, Taylor? Cheese on a hamburger to a cow. Well, you know, if you take what's inside of you and you add a little cheese to it, it makes it a lot more delicious. <laughs> it makes it a bunch. And, and, and there you have it. Upstairs Talking to Mom is our new friend, Jason Brown, from an app that we found called Tally. As always on our Friday FinTech segments, we do not endorse any of the FinTech that's on this show, but they're cool things that we noticed that we want to learn about together. So we asked Jason to come down to the basement, talk a little bit about paying down debt quicker. And uh, Tally has a kind of cool way they, they, they do this. So let's say hello to Jason Brown from Tally. And coming down the stairs, our new good friend, Jason Brown from Tally. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How about you, Joe? Well, I'm glad that you're here because this idea of paying down debt quickly is a pain, as you know, for a lot of our listeners. Why did you guys decide to make Tally? Was it something in your own life or did you see an opportunity in the market? Yeah, I actually um, grew up quite anxious about money. Uh, my family really struggled, especially in the early years of my life. I mean, there was even one Christmas, I think I was five or six when my parents couldn't afford uh, any Christmas gifts. 
And even though, you know, I've been fortunate to have a good education and have a much more stable financial life than them, I just that anxiety really stuck with me. And when I met my co-founder Jasper at business school, we met at University of Chicago Booth School of Business, it was interesting because I had this anxiety that it had stayed with me. And he had actually been auditing banks for PricewaterhouseCoopers. So he saw how broken the system was. And we realized that if we uh, joined forces, we could build an amazing product to really help people uh, tackle credit card debt. And credit card debt now is is higher than ever. Do you think that we're addicted to consumerism or do you think that we just don't understand how to get ourselves out of debt? Credit cards are pretty amazing. I mean, they give you all the points and rewards and they're convenient, but they're also a bit unwieldy and there's a lot of bad things that can happen. And so our thought was, hey, what if we build a technology that can allow people to get the benefits of credit cards without the burden? That's what we built Tally for is to really uh, allow people to continue getting those benefits without having the high cost of fees and interest and racking up debt. Well, let's dig into Tally then, man. How does it work? Do I download an app? Do I go to a website? What do I do? Yeah, well, Tally's an app. Uh, it's the first automated debt manager. What that means is Tally determines the smartest and the fastest way to pay down your debt, and then it actually does the work for you. So yeah, you go to the app store, free to download. You actually scan in your credit cards, and then uh, you pass a quick soft credit check. From there, Tally, uh, in about six seconds, uh, it figures out how it can start saving you money and making your life easier, and it gets to work for you. What does that mean, you figure out how you can make my life easier for me? You find somebody to pay my bills for me? <laughs> well, Tally actually manages paying all your bills for you. Because, so the, by the, the way, <laughs> because by the way, not to cut you off, that would be my yeah. favorite app. If you created that one, that would be my favorite app. I'll work on that. Call, call me back next October. I'll, I'll have it for you. I'm sorry, but, but how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. So the three main benefits of Tally are first, it gets you a lower interest rate. So if you're paying interest on, on your cards, it saves you money on interest. Second is it guarantees you're never going to pay a credit card late fee again. So there are $12 billion of credit card late fees every year in this country. And Tally takes that away because we take responsibility for paying all your cards at the right time. And as a side note, Tally does not charge any fees or any penalties of any kind. So it really takes that, uh, that stress away. And finally, the way that our algorithms work is we actually do the hard work of paying down your debt faster. So the way that we pay your cards makes it so that we get you out of debt. On average, we can shave uh, 12 to 15 years off of the time it takes to get out of debt just by the way we're managing the cards on your behalf. Wow. Let's, uh, you just gave me 50 million more questions. So I keep my credit cards or once we scan them in, are my credit cards gone? No, you keep your cards. So you scan in your cards and you can continue getting your points and your frequent flyer miles. So nothing changes on that side. But Tally now takes the responsibility for paying all your cards for you and you pay Tally. So we're really separating the burden of credit cards from the benefits. How often do payments go from me to Tally? So you only pay Tally once a month. But Tally is paying your cards as often as multiple times a week. It just depends on what is mathematically the optimal way to save you money. So Tally's algorithms are always working and every day looking for a way to make you better off. And it's based on your income, your spending, your debt, based on all those factors. But for you, you just pay Tally once a month. And if you think about most finance apps, they have all these charts and graphs and data. They're kind of overwhelming. 
Tally's home screen is actually the picture of somebody sitting, drinking a cup of coffee with their feet on the table. So <laughs> literally, unless unless you it's time to pay Tally, there's nothing to do because Tally's doing all the hard work for you. That's awesome. And do you alert me that it's time to put money into Tally or is it an automatic transaction? So we alert you and we say, hey, this is this is Joe. This is what we recommend that you pay. And we actually have this cool feature called Tally Advisor. It's a way for you to set a goal of the date then that you want to be out of credit card debt. So it's similar to like a retirement date. You set this date and it's based on both your desires as well as realistically what your income, your debt, and your all your spending is. And then it actually comes up with a recommended payment based on your objective. And it says, Joe, you know, let's just say for you it was $200. Joe, pay $200 this month. Then you tap one button and you pay $200 and you're all taken care of. When I was a financial planner, there were, you know, there were the trees, there were the roots of the problem, and there were the leaves, right? But Telly, it sounds like, helps me with the tree, but there still is this root of the problem of, I got to quit. I got to quit spending so much money on credit cards. Is there anything that you guys do that kind of helps people understand that this behavior is killing you? You know what? We've tested a lot of features and the most powerful way to curb spending is actually get somebody to commit more of their income to paying towards the revolving debt. Because what we found is when we get them to double, triple, quadruple what they pay on a monthly basis to their cards, and automatically we see that their spending drops as well. So one of the nice things is that since we're doing all the math, figuring out what you should pay based on your income, your spending, and, and your debt, we're effectively getting down to those roots by just getting you to commit more to pay every month. I think that's so cool. You know, Dave, Dave Ramsey's group, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this to you. Dave Ramsey's group looks at things and has said that a suboptimal way to pay debt is the debt snowball. But the mm -hmm. reason is, is because you get these little wins. What do you guys do to give people some wins so that they stay with the program? Yeah, so actually, Tally, uh, we think about emotional design and just a couple points. So when you're signing up and Tally figures out how much it can save you, it actually shoots a bunch of confetti and the phone vibrates. So it gives you that haptic feedback of, of good job. And then every time you make your recommended payment, it gives you confetti and it gives you encouragement along the way. On the flip side, when people, let's say they have a detour and they, they actually slip backwards, which, which happens a lot, right? You, sure. uh, your car breaks down or whatever. Since the algorithms are dynamic, they're constantly updating based on your current situation. So we're trying to get you to your goal, but we're always keeping it realistic and we're cheering you along the way. So it's just important for it to be positive. And even when there's a setback, we already have the plan in place to uh, get you back on track to where you want to be. Earlier in the interview, you said there's no fee for Tally. So if there's no fee, how do you guys make money? We have actually a really traditional business model. So like any lender, we make money by charging interest. But what's unique about Tally is we only make money if we are saving you money on the interest on your card. So the only time we would ever charge you an interest rate is if it's lower than your cards. So effectively what we do is we are borrowing money in bulk from banks and we're actually passing on those bulk savings onto our customers. And that way we're completely aligned with them. So when we're moving your balances over to Tally, they're only getting moved over at the lower rate. And in almost all cases, Tally's rate is lower than what you're paying on your cards, with the exception of oftentimes people will have, let's say, a promotional rate, 0% APR for six months. Our algorithms are smart and we let you benefit from that and we leave those on your cards. 
And then we're plowing as much money as we can into your high APRs until that promotional rate expires. And then we move the balances over. So we're always making sure that we're only ever making money when we're directly saving you money. Everybody, Jason, is worried about security. Obviously, you have all of our listeners assuming that they all go out and use it immediately, which you would absolutely love. But assuming they all use it, how do you make sure everybody's uh, credit card data stays safe with Tally? So for us, keeping our customers' data safe is our number one priority. We take security very seriously. So we actually built our technology from the ground up so that we could have security as a primary foundational architecture of the way that we built our systems. We transmit everything over secure SSL encryption, and we actually never store any bank usernames or any passwords, and we never store any sensitive information on the device. So customers can rest assured that we have actually thought of security from the very start of building this technology. Wow. And it's available on Android devices and on Apple devices. That's correct. That's fantastic. Well, I'm sure you guys are just sitting around with your feet up. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sure there's other stuff you're working on. What's next for Tally? You know, our vision and the reason why we started this company is to fully automate your entire financial life. So our belief is that the best way to live a full life where you don't have to worry about money and you can focus on what you love is if you have really smart computers that are doing the bean counting for you every second of every day and they're taking action for you whenever they can make you better off. So we started with credit card debt because it's this big $1 trillion really widespread unsolved problem. But our end objective is to fully automate your entire financial life. So my co-founder, our head of product, would kill me if I spilled the beans on what's next. But I, I can say that we're working to uh, bring that automation to every aspect of your financial life. I was just thinking, I know you can't say, well, nobody listens to the show, so you can just nod your head. <laughs> but the, the, uh, but I can imagine it with, you know, we tell everybody about, you know, more optimal strategies to pay your mortgage, pay your cars off. I mean, I can imagine that all over the place. And you're not going to agree with me, are you? Uh, I'm going to say, you need a job. Why don't you come here to San Francisco <laughs> and uh, join our product team? Mom would love to get us out of the basement, man, but but we can't do that. But yeah, it, uh, well, I'm going to go back upstairs and talk to your mom, have her kick you out. Then you won't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, thanks a ton for being with us. By the way, it's at meettally.com. That's correct. Meettally.com or just search Tally in uh, either Android or Apple App Store. Awesome. Jason Brown, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. What a great product. Congratulations. All right. Thanks, Joe. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And you know, looking through today's list of birthdays, I noticed today is my good friend Hugh Jackman's birthday. You know, that guy and I have a ton in common, right? I mean, he's ruggedly handsome, like moi. He played Wolverine on X-Men. I'm a huge trivia pro who carries this podcast. That's pretty much the same thing. It's incredible. But here's a question. In what year on this day was Hugh Jackman born? So we uh, explained the complex rules of this game backstage. Taylor, you got the rules? Got it. Yes. And then uh, Gwen got the rules? Got them. All right, here we go. OG, of course, has no idea what the rules are. So, uh, Gwen, we gave you... This is going to be an exhibition match because we don't have Leonard Paula here. If we had one guest today instead of two, we would call this the real thing. But so, this is the game where we're just playing for pride. All right? We're actually... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a 30% higher paycheck if you win. 
Sweet. I'll take it. I know. Fantastic. So, Gwen, do you want to guess first, middle, or last on Hugh Jackman's birthday? I'll go last. Ah, that's weird. <laughs> and then, and then to Gwen, who's played before. Taylor, you want to go in the middle or first? I'll go middle. Hmm. OG, that means you go first. Hugh Jackman's birthday. What do you think? What year was he born in? All right. So it's 2018. If he were as old as you, he would have been born, oh gosh, like in the 60s. My goodness. Okay. Um, Shut up. Boy, that's crazy old. I mean, what was it like watching the dude land on the moon? Was that crazy right. or what? All right. Uh, I was zero when the dude landed on the moon, but nice job. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say that uh, uh, he is, oof, he was born in the year of our Lord, 1965. 65. Taylor? I think that he's older than that. 65 would make him, what, 53 this year. You don't have to do the math for the guy. I'm sorry. Like, let him I'm doing it for myself. Just talking out loud. You don't get to guess. You already know Wait, the What answer. did you say? You said 65? 1965, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not. Huh. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's go with 1970. Makes him 48. Doing the math for this the people at right. home, OG. Doing the math for the Bush people at right. home. Boy, Gwen... You've got 65 and 70. Where are you coming out? All right. Well, my first immediate guess was 1973. That seems awfully young. But I also can't do that math right now to figure out how old he could have been. So I'm just going to stick with that one. 1973. Final answer. 1973. All right. uh, We'll be back in just a second to see which one of you yahoos is right. The following is an actor, not a real person. We tried to find an actual Stacking Benjamins podcast listener, but we're not sure any exist. Yesterday, I turned on one of those other podcasts. Ugh, more money talk? The topic was something called long-term care, and they couldn't even make me care for the short term. That podcast made me feel like just another number. Hi, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, the huge star of the award-winning Stacking Benjamin show. Are you tired of podcasts that blabber on about money? Are you confused about all this IRA, SEPP, 72T, and fiduciary talk? At Stacking Benjamins, you're not just another number to us. Heck, if you actually listen, you're the only number. That's why we barely ever talk about money. Better yet, we treat you like family. We'll invite you on down to Joe's mom's basement, serve you some pie and maybe even a little lemonade. And best yet, when you leave, we'll complain about you behind your back. Because that's what real family moments are all about. I'm never going back to that old podcast. Stacking Benjamins is a way for me to avoid numbers and feel that warm, fuzzy feeling I get every time I scream at my sister on the phone. Stacking Benjamins, where you're not a number. Your family. OG, nineteen sixty-five. Feeling good about that? I feel very mediocre about it. Yep. <laughs> Taylor, feel like you're in the driver's seat. We'll see soon enough. Gwen, seventy-three. Seventy-three. Yep. Feeling great. It'd be so awesome if it was seventy-four and you're all over. That would be. <laughs> that that would just make me. I don't know. Make my day. All right, Doug. Well, Joe, what is it? All right, Doug. Here we go. What's the answer? 
Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back with your trivia answer. Earlier, I was telling you how much my good friend, born on this day a number of years ago, Hugh Jackman and I have in common. In fact, I was trying to tell him the other day again how alike we are, but this quarter-mile restraining order it's just a huge misunderstanding. I don't, I don't really know where that came from, but it's holding me back right now. Any attorneys in the audience who might be able to help me out with that one? Anyway, maybe more on that later, but for now, how about some Hugh Jackman birthday-related trivia? In what year was the guy who played Wolverine, P.T. Barnum, and even turned down being James Bond born? If you said 1968, you'd be correct. Yeah. Oh. Well done, Taylor. Taylor with the win. Mm. Yes, Taylor's check is going to be 30% I mean, once, higher. Once you get 50, it doesn't much matter. It's yeah, all over the hill from there, right? You're basically you're in the grave already. You guys are killing me. One foot me. in, one foot out. Thanks. With oh. friends like you three, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, no. Looks like somebody called a wrong number. Somebody asked us for help, guys. We got to help out one of our listeners. This today's question is brought to you by The Stacker, the Stacky Benjamins nearly weekly newsletter head to it hasn't been weekly lately it's like <laughs> nearly uh, weekly I yeah, like it. yeah lately it's been like uh, we did one a month ago stackybenjamins.com forward forward slash stacker to sign up and uh, as we have news and as soon as we get done with this three city tour we'll be much more regular more verbose yes just like og is very regular with the flushing with the flushing yes and today, the wrong number came to us from our good friend, this guy's got a great name, from Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hello, Joe and OG. This is the other Joe. I just turned 60 and would like to retire or semi-retire in the next couple of years. On your podcast, and when I've spoken to a financial planner, the first question is, what are your goals? I then realize I don't have any clearly defined goals. My question is, what resources are available to help a person nearing retirement to define their goals? By the way, love the show. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for the question. Man, this is a interesting question. We'll start, uh, Taylor, with you. When you hear Joe asking, how do you find out about goals? Where do you look? Yeah, this is an interesting question coming my way, considering he's literally 30 years my senior. So I turned I turn 30 in like a week. So this is a, a little bit removed from what I'm looking at, but I am pursuing financial independence at a very early age. So I guess some of this is relevant. The thing that I think about here, not as much in terms of resources, but more, what does he care about? What types of things does he want to center his life around? And an interesting thought exercise that I encourage people to do. I had a post that just kind of talked about this, that I think it's important for people to think about what are 10 things that make you happy on a monthly basis. And if you can think about those 10 things, think about how much money do those 10 things require, and then make sure those are a part of your plan. And if you don't have enough money to make all of those 10 things happen, maybe you need to work a little bit longer in order to make that happen. Or maybe you're actually in a better financial spot than, than you thought you were. And you can make that happen a little bit before the next few years. So that would be the, the thing I'd recommend is just figure out what's important to you and then make those things the priority. You know, Taylor OG talked about age 
and the fact that Joe's 30 years older, but I don't, I don't think age is really relevant to this. Do you, I mean, goals at 30 goals at 60, does it, does age matter? No, it really doesn't. And, and when it comes to, you know, this financial independence time, it doesn't matter whether or not you're 30, 40, 50, 60 or whatever, 70 or 80, I've got a real easy goal for you. Can I live the rest of my life without running out of money? So when somebody says, well, what are your goals, Joe? Well, that's an easy one. Don't run out of money. And so there's a couple of things that you can think about. Well, we don't know how long you're going to live. I like to use age 100. I think, frankly, that we should probably start using 110 or 120 pretty soon just because of life expectancy. And then the next question that comes up is, well, I don't know how much money I should plan on spending in retirement. And my question always back is, do you anticipate that you'd like your lifestyle to be the same or do you plan on taking a big giant pay cut next week if you retire in a week? You know, the vast majority of people say, well, no, I, I think I'll replace commuting with maybe a little personal travel or I might not go out to eat as much for lunch with my colleagues, but maybe I'll go out to dinner more with my spouse and, and it kind of all washes. Now, there's other big things, you know, like the mortgage or whatever that gets paid off and that can maybe uh, reduce your budget a little bit. But at the end of the day, I've really not known anybody who says, I can't wait to stop working and making money so I can turn around and, you know, live a much more Spartan lifestyle. Like most people want to have a very similar type experience from one day to the next. And so that gives you your starting point. Gwen, what was your first thought when you heard Joe's question? Uh, my first thought was hobbies. You got to have something to retire to. You can't just retire from something. You have to have something to look forward to and, and do in your retirement. So once you figure out what you want to do, then you can build that lifestyle around it and figure out, do I have enough money to retire for that lifestyle or do I not? Have, have you read, Gwen, uh, Vicki Robbins' book, Your Money or Your Life? Because that's kind of the first thing I thought about. Yeah, I have read it. She does a wonderful job of explaining all of that mindset to people. Yeah, because it because re- it really philosophically, I think that's where I go first, Joe, because it really is about what gives you joy, right? To use her words, I I kind of like that word. What, what what is it that you really really like out of life? I just think that I see too many people they retire at if Joe's sixty retires at sixty two, I see too many people then you know pass away at sixty five, and I don't have any medical proof, but I got to believe it's just because you didn't have anything to look forward to anymore, you know. So exploring what, what gives you joy? OG, I think uh, for you, it's probably what? Um, uh, no kids at home for maybe one or two days? Dude, I'd like my kids a whole bunch. What are you, making me out to be some kind of monster? No. I was going to say beer and golf, but you know. Beer. <laughs> I do like both of those things. Yes. Gwen, speak my language. Yeah. I got you. I wanted to ask you guys about your goals. Taylor, you think about your goals. How firm are your goals? I don't think I have super firm goals. I think that my wife and I were just trying to save as much as possible so that we can put ourselves in a in a good position. If that means that we're financially independent at when I turn 35 or 40, then great, we'll take that. But right now we're just trying to save as much as we can. I think we're right about the 70% rate between the two of us. So Again, I don't know what that necessarily equates to other than giving us flexibility that once I have a little bit more vision, I can make some more, I mean, I'll have flexibility to make some decisions. Do you agree with OG then now? Are you kind of looking at that lifestyle? You kind of want to see if you could live the same lifestyle you're living today without going to work? For sure. Yeah, I think that's really important. And yeah, I don't know what my 
I guess that's the hard thing for me is I don't know what my passion per se is. Cause I think that you hit the nail on the head, Joe, that if someone doesn't have their passion sorted out, then I think that you do lose a lot of that. And I've known people directly that, yeah, they've died shortly after being retired and losing some big responsibilities in their life. So yeah, I guess I don't know what that thing is that makes me tick. Cause right now it's increasing my net worth and saving more money, but Obviously, that goes away to a greater degree when I'm not working anymore. Of course, that doesn't mean I can't ever make money again, but my net worth will probably never increase as much as it is right now with my wife and I both working. Spoken like a money nerd, his pastime is making that net worth line go up. Yeah, it's a pretty nerdy habit, but I'll take it. Thanks for the note, Joe. If you've got a note for us, if you've got a a call to the helpline, stackybenjamins.com. And you'll see at the top of the page, you'll see uh, questions for the show tab. Click that link and you'll see all the ways you can interface with the show. That's going to do it for today, guys. Thanks a ton for hanging out. Let's talk about what's going on where you live. Gwen, what's going on at the Fire Drill podcast? We're interviewing cool new guests and having lots of awesome times. So come check us out. You have a particular episode lately that you like? Oh, yeah. Um, we had this one guy on. It was okay, I guess. No, it was awesome. The one, the only, Joe Salcihai, <laughs> came on the show. And he wow. is an episode Fishing for listening. compliments, Joe. I was not doing that. I, was, <laughs> hey, so I thought she was going to. Is that you can talk about how great my episode was? Yes. Uh, yes. If you I, could. Um, uh, actually, that was a straight to YouTube episode. So you can check it out on our Fire Drill Podcast YouTube channel. That's right. I'm the straight to video guy. We didn't even stop at the podcast the video. There's no, uh, <laughs> that's coming no soon to VHS and DVD. American I've, pie seven. Right. Directed. DVD. Right. I'm Cinderella Two, Tinkerbell's adventure. That's, that's exactly too soon, Joe. Too soon. What it was. Uh, Taylor, thanks for hanging out again, man. Yeah, it was great to be here. What's going on at the blog? Yeah. So what I've got going on, I just had a post about focusing on, your circle of control, but I also had a pretty big life change recently. I switched from a Fortune 50 company to a four-person startup where I'm working from home and all of us are remote employees. So there will be some more talks on that and just following following your passion today and not waiting for 20 years to do what you really want to do. Find a way to facilitate what you want to do today. That's awesome. Are you enjoying the change? So far, I've loved it. Yeah, I've become... I think I've become more of an introvert as time has gone on. So I haven't gotten cabin fever just yet, but it's also only been about two months. So maybe ask me in six months to a year whether or not I have cabin fever. But I really like being productive and getting stuff done. And when I'm not working, I don't work rather than I had to sit at my cubicle and pretend like I was working for eight hours a day. So I've loved that change. Soul crushing. Yep. I like that. I like that too. It's why I like working for myself. That's it. MrFIGuy.com. Oh, gee, what's up with you, man? I was just going to say, wait until you have to go out to like Panera for coffee or something. And you're like, what are all these people doing? Why are they looking at me? And then you realize it's because you're wearing like gym shorts and a ratty T-shirt and your head on backward. And like, you know, you're <laughs> like, like oh, how that's does right. I even have money? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, like the car, you need to put air in your tires every time you go go for a drive because you never go anywhere. So the tires are just flat sitting in the garage. Like, 
that's, that's uh, completely me with the tra- that's uh, me with totally the tra- trailblazer right now absolutely is yep. absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah totally is oh what's going on over here well we just uh wrapped up a uh a half a week of gluttony in uh, kansas city love me some barbecue headed to detroit in a week so we got that going things are coming to a conclusion so my uh, business year is coming to a close. I'm not going to have any focus days after November the 15th. Uh, obviously still work and have some buffer days in there, but nobody likes to talk about money in December anyway, so it works out pretty good. Awesome. Wrapping it up. That's that's a good feeling, isn't it? Well, kind of, except then you look at the calendar for 2019 and you go, oh, I have to do this all over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the way it Get goes. To do- that's I a, get to do it all over again is what I meant to say. Yeah, right, right. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, tell us what we should have learned today. So what did we learn today? First, looking for frugal ideas? Maybe paying attention to expiration dates will help elongate your own expiration date. But beyond that, cutting things not important to your own personal happiness is a great place to start. Ask yourself the Vicki Robin question from the book, Your Money or Your Life. How much joy does that thing you're buying bring you? If it's not that much, dump it. Also, take some advice from Jason at Tally. Line up your debts and knock them down by controlling your interest rates and paying early on as many as possible. You'll be out of debt in no time. But the big lesson... Don't crack the huge act man joke around your buddy Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he doesn't think it's that funny either. Trust me. Special thanks to Mr. Fi Guy Taylor for joining us today. You'll find him at the Mr. Fi Guy blog. Thanks also to Gwen Mertz for joining us. You'll find Gwen at the Fire Drill podcast wherever you're listening to us right now. Miss those names or maybe I just butchered them beyond all recognition? Hey, we got you covered. Go check out our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just noticed it's just as dark and damp down here as Joe's soul. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist.
what happens in the after show stays in the after show. I love this idea about extreme grossness and extreme habits. I was, we had the prearranged list, but I know that you guys have more. You certainly have some extreme habits you've seen people practice that make you go, uh, hmm? Gwen, do you, do you got one of those? I think I draw the line firmly in the sand for me at reusable pads. Do you know somebody? But do you know somebody who did that? Yes. You do? She sells them on Facebook. They're very cute prints, but I just, I I can't. No, can't. Got to do the reusable stuff or the the disposable stuff. Awkward conversation. Yeah, with it really is, but that's my line in the sand. No reusable pads. That's OG's line in the sand, too, by the way. Well, he has two boys, so he doesn't have to have that conversation. That That is... And a daughter. He does have a daughter also. Oh, okay. Scratch that out. Never mind. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry. And, and, I don't know everything about your life. <laughs> Good luck with that combo. <laughs> That's what Mrs. OG's for. I have no responsibility at all for my children, so it works out. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor? Yeah, I'm trying to think of totally outlandish things people do to save money. And I mean, going off on that thread, I have a friend that they did the whole reusable diaper thing. So made them themselves out of fabric. And I get that that's probably more socially acceptable, but still nothing I am interested in doing. Just don't want to go down that route. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was the present my grandparents got for the families when they had, when they had babies. So I was the fourth of 19 grandchildren for my grandparents. So I saw lots of other cousins be born. And the big thing was, you know, you got diaper service and I have very distinct memories of my mom in her bathrobe when my like brother or sister was born screaming, the diaper man is here. The diaper man. And we have to like haul down these, you like keep it in like a big pail, the diaper pail. And you'd, I mean, you took oh, the but solids that's a, out. But that's a diaper service. I think Taylor's yeah, just talking about diapers. doing it themselves, though. Are you talking about? Yeah, yeah well, they they do it themselves. I mean, they made yeah they made the diapers and then they washed them, them themselves. and washed them. Yeah, no uh, bum genius for them, right? Yeah. The diaper uh, genie. I stayed at a Hampton Inn once. That was kind of slumming it. I remember. I Says like, the guy who routinely uh, stays at JW Marriott. <laughs> I was like. My upgrade didn't clear on American one time, and I'm like, well, "This is how the other half lives. This is really trying to trying to dial it back here." That sound you hear in the background is me playing the smallest violin. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I remember that one time when I was at the Ritz, and they wouldn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Press the button on the with the coffee service at the Four Seasons, and they're like, "Sir, we're out of coffee," and I'm like. This is so tragedy strikes. My my uncle Dick is is the cheapest dude in our family. He is easily the cheapest dude in our family. Sorry, that totally sounds like a like. So I got a funny joke. No, so, la, la, my no, 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 really. No, my dad's name is Richard. My my grandma used to call him Little Dicky Boy. Yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, uh, my uncle Eddie tells this story very well. He and my aunt and my uncle Dick and Aunt Ruth went uh, together to northern Michigan and around Michigan to look at lighthouses. And they're on their way north. And my uncle Eddie says they're on their way going through this town, going into, I think, Big Rapids, Michigan, for those people who live there. There's like a big boy restaurant, some like family restaurant, like a Shoney's or kind of thing. 
And my Uncle Dick goes... Talk about being frugal. Yes. Tony, stop it. My Uncle... My Uncle Dick says, hey, I'd you rather got, go hungry. My, my Uncle Dick says, hey, well, there goes the Shoney sponsorship now, man. Thank you. Yeah, We're right. going after that big Shoney's money, and now you blew it. Hey, I couldn't tell whether or not I was having pudding or gravy at one point. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. so I'm sorry, Shoney's. Direct your hate mail to Gwen at thefiredrillpodcast.com. But my Uncle Dick says, hey, you guys want to stop up here at the restaurant for lunch? My Uncle Eddie's like, sure. Sounds good. So they pull into a parking space, park the car. My uncle said, Eddie says, he and my Aunt Sue get out of the car, start walking across the parking lot. All of a sudden realize my Uncle Dick and Aunt Ruth aren't with him and turns around and my Uncle Dick got the trunk of the car open and he's pulling out bread and stuff. And he goes, what are you doing? And my Uncle Dick, who suggested they stop, said, oh, no, no, you guys go in. We're going to have sandwiches out here in the parking lot. Uh, that was step one. But then this makes it worse. They get to the first lighthouse and there is a $3 conservation fee to go in it. Now I can see if they had randomly pulled up at a lighthouse and wanted to, you know, just see it. And then there's a $3 fee. Like, no, I don't need to go in it that bad, but you're going to see lighthouses. And my uncle Dick wouldn't go in one of them the entire trip because there was like a three to $5 fee. I stayed in a haunted lighthouse one time. Oh, that did, was pretty cool. Did you really? Yeah. And, uh, it was like a three night stay in the shores of Lake Erie. It was really awesome. But uh, the rugs kept moving and the alarm clocks would reset in the middle of the night. I know it wasn't just my friend's dad messing with me because he would be in the room like playing Scrabble with us and we would go to the bathroom and the, the, the time would change or something like it was haunted for sure. Taylor beat that. I can't be that, but I can say when you talked about bringing your own food, it made me think of another one of my buddies. I mean, we're those people that we bring food into Disney. Like when we go, like we'll bring sandwiches and trail mix and stuff like that. Who doesn't? But I think probably most people do. But the la- we went to Disney World last year, and I don't think we bought any food in the park because we just had enough of our own stuff. We weren't trying to do it. We just weren't as hungry as we thought we were going to be. Yeah. But a buddy of mine, they brought like canned beans and like can openers. And that's what they ate in Disney. And that's, it sounds disgusting and horrible. So yeah, all canned food and can openers. You gotta like, be kidding me. Like they're sitting on a bench I, I on, they're sitting on a bench on main street and they're opening up a can of And beans. I believe even in their hotel rooms, like they brought enough to eat that when okay, they were in their hotel. So my brother-in-law and sister invited me along to hang out with the kids when they went to Kalahari, an indoor water park. For those who don't know what Kalahari is, they brought in enough food. We didn't eat out once. We ate in the hotel room, and he brought along a crock pot. We had ribs. We had sandwiches. So it, you, we ate well. You ate very well. That's good. That's not canned beans. So. I can see that not in a place like enough. Kalahari because I haven't been to Kalahari, but I've been to Great Wolf Lodge, and that food is okay, but not great. Like if you can do better, some of those Disney restaurants though are fantastic. So yeah, good. I good. have no regrets about eating my way around the world at Epcot last night. Oh, so amazing. I did it a couple days ago, and it was it was incredible. And and I kept my dinner reservation afterwards and we shouldn't have because we weren't even, we weren't even hungry. We're like, what the hell are we doing? Keeping this reservation. I think they were going to charge us 10 bucks if we, cause we, you know, set up the, the thing ahead of time, but we got there and I don't know, we managed to choke down a shepherd's pie and it was pretty good. And our waiter was phenomenal. 
our waiter was just great. So, and you got to see the fireworks. And we got to no, we actually left before the fireworks. What is yeah. wrong with you? I've seen them sixty-seven thousand times. I just we decided to beat Wait, the rush. Me, I'm Mr. Joe and Fancy. I've been to Disney all the time. Okay, well, it was my first time at Disney, so I watched the crap out of those fireworks. They are amazing. And the light show. No, they're amazing. But I just been to this conference that you wouldn't know anything about called FinCon, and I was exhausted. And so we said, no, we got to go. Yeah, not only did I attend all the days of FinCon, I went to Disney for three days afterwards. Hashtag because I live in the like dream. To torture myself. You do. <laughs> and on that note, we're not going to torture our audience anymore. We're going to let them go. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.